Lord have mercy. A rose is still a rose, y'all. Good morning. Good afternoon. I don't think it's evening, man. Maybe somewhere in the world. Yo! <laughs> it's your girl, Ilzy OG. I got my baby. Nella D. Woo! Y'all know what it is, baby. We are twice, twice baked. Oh, man, babe. Take this. Hold on. I got to. Where the lighter at? <sighs> yeah. Happy New Year, y'all. Happy New Year. Mm. Mm-hmm. I gotta apologize in advance, y'all. I am in some kind of pain, people. But um, it's about that time. We've been missing y'all. No, y'all been missing us. So we back to do what we do. And um, you know it. First broadcast of the new year. Yeah, first broadcast of the new year, 2019. Mm-hmm. Here we come. Yeah, 2019. It is on. We um took out 2018 with a crazy bang. Hmm. we're gonna talk about that um so sit tight because we are definitely going to uh break down our whole new year's eve event we had an amazing black tie benefits um some spectacular sponsors it was an awesome time so we're going to talk about that because uh that was wild high times magazine came through hell yeah that was a whole experience indeed yeah that was that was a whole total and complete experience um but that being said, it is first weekend of the new year, and there is a lot of talk about this new documentary. That's Let's out. talk about it. <laughs> Are you ready, Bean? Mm-hmm. All right, Nella Bean. So yeah, let's 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 go ahead and dig in, right? So R. Kelly, mm. surviving R. Kelly, the documentary or docu series, I think is what it's officially docu- being docu- called. Series. Yeah, docu series. Um, came out over the weekend. It was a six-part docu-series. And um, I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? No, I haven't seen it. We didn't watch it. Um, And here's the thing. Realistically, there's no need for me to actually watch any documentary about R. Kelly. For me personally, uh, you know, I'm... I got as much information as I needed to have about R. Kelly and his dealings with, you know, how he interacted with females. When that tape came out, however long ago it was, um, that was quite obviously him. Mm-hmm. Quite obviously a child. Obviously a see, child. Yeah, I didn't see the tape. I didn't either. I didn't either. I don't, I, I, listen, I don't, I'm not interested. I don't want to, I don't need to. What I will say is that there were sources, there were individuals around me who had the stomach. I didn't have the stomach for that. Mm. I didn't have the stomach to sit through and actually, I, and I don't have the stomach to sit through and watch um, these types of, of um, shows, documentaries, anything like that, because I was abused um, as a child. So it's a huge trigger for me personally i was pretty brutally raped um when i was a teenager 13 so i can't bring myself necessarily to um watch something like that but because i am who i am and because my moral compass and my character also is what it is i came up off the whole r kelly thing honestly i had a problem with aj nothing but a number i had a whole problem with that back then i had a whole and and let's be clear i've been vocal about this 
20 plus years running. I have not played his music 20, however long, very long time. Um, so this whole mute R. Kelly, he's been on mute for me since the gate. Mm. Since right off the top, you know, I had a daughter when I was 18 years old. I gave birth to a female child, a daughter. So for me, someone who, I mean, and, you know, I, I guess it's crazy because now you hear a lot of commentary. People want to talk about different songs by different artists and, you know, how he's not necessarily the only artist who, you know, these crazy arguments that come up, you know, to defend this um, pedophile. The arguments come up, oh, well, there are other artists who make songs that are sexual. There are other artists who make songs that speak to underage, so on and so forth. And true, fact, that's not, that's not new, right? That's, that's not a new mm-hmm. phenomenon to have artists make songs, speak to, you know, underage youth or any of that nonsense. Does it make it right? Hell, whole fucking no, it doesn't make it right. Absolutely not. But that being said, if we're talking, you know, someone speaking to artists and whether they will or won't listen to an artist based on the content of their music, that's one thing. I may not necessarily hold you to the same standard based on something you're saying in a song unless and until your real life mimics your art. When life imitates art, imitating life, there's where I've got a problem. So, you know, we've talked about other songs that might fall into this category. Mm-hmm. Great time to queue up a song, sweetie. Yeah, was that's the, the smoke got you? You're killing me right now, boy. I can't give you no I more segues. Waiting, I was waiting for No, you. wait. Give it to me. Give, give me some Listen, example. I'm going to take you back. I'm going to take you back. This is an old song. And I remember this song. It's an old song. You like coming up with obscure shit. Is anybody going to know this song but you, baby? A, this is a very common old song. This was popular on the radio. This is a popular song. All right, let's hear it. What you got? And this was like speaking to it. A band. Who, who are we listening to, baby? We're you, listening to Gary Puckett and the Union Gap. I've never heard of them, but okay. And what... <laughs> you're obscure sometimes, babe. I love you. What the whole hell... Here we go. Uh, I'm, I'm... Yeah, that's... This is going to be take two. Because what the hell? God damn it. Listen. <laughs> relationship cold. goals. <laughs> relationship goals. Yeah, baby. So we had to go ahead and take it back um, and, and redo it. You know what I mean? Just because I want to make sure, in my mind at least, that the music that we're speaking to is not just songs about underage girls. Because that's, I mean, let's be clear. Let's be honest. That type of behavior, pedophilia, is not new this this isn't something that just started happening and i think if you go back and you unpack um lots of songs you will find all kinds of tomfoolery in them that is completely out of line with where we are at in our uh collective moral compass as a culture here in the united states of america right right but um i think what's really kind of important to highlight the point that we're trying to make is that you know you have artists that are supremely popular and not just for one song or you know or for a limited amount of time with that particular song but where once again that is their real life you understand what i'm saying it's really what's going on and or it it genuinely influences the culture in a particular way you know what i mean it makes this this more acceptable it makes this okay type of behavior so when you got somebody like uh, R. Kelly or a Rick James or Aerosmith, 
when you have someone like that, it gives a whole different feel to it. You know what I mean? You come up with some some Rick James, black, white, or otherwise. Exactly. Let's let's hear this. Rick James, right? Yeah, Rick James. Curiosity in her eyes. How old was she though? It's the setup. She was. How about that? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Right though. There's the problem, right? So the title of the song is Seventeen. The title of the song. Yet again, Rick James, right? I mean. Everybody knows like Rick James. We play Rick James, you know, all of those things. So this is, I mean, this is a, it's a problem culturally, right? So mm-hmm. let's get back to R. Kelly because, you know, once again, this is just an example of the type of music that we consume. And I am so staunch on my stand on not listening to, not playing and not consuming R. Kelly's music in any way, shape and or form for this broadcast as well. We will not be playing R. Kelly. And it seems like this might be the only appropriate time and place, you know, if I'm going to play his music, just to kind of make the point about exactly what his music sounds like. But it is that, it's that deep to me. I hear you. It's that deep to me. You know what I'm saying? And that, that, that has been a conversation for years now, right? So there is to this day, right now at this exact moment, there is a character and we're going to call this clown a character because that's genuinely, in my opinion, what he is. There is this character that um, did, I don't know if he still does, but did work in a barbershop that I spent a lot of time in growing up. A lot of time. You know, a friend of mine owned it. So, you know, one of my friends owns a barbershop and that's just what we do. You know what I mean? When I'm, when I'm around, I want to spend time, you know what I mean? I go sit kicking in a barbershop. I was typically the only female in there, by and large, by and large. And I'm a, a regular staple, right? And I mean, you know, I'm normal around there. They know what to order me for lunch if I'm not around and, and I come around. I don't even have to tell anybody. You understand what I'm saying? Like, it, it was a regular thing for me to be there and to be part of the barbershop conversations, which in the African-American community, in the black community, that is where some of the most honest, genuine conversations are had. That is also where a lot of the culture in our community comes from. Those conversations, those barbershop conversations and very specifically with males in our community obviously right Mm -hmm. I spent a ton of time in those communities and had many many arguments about R. Kelly because of course my stance is my stance but that don't impact nobody but me basically and nor do I nor do I put you know my my issues or, or my concerns on other people I feel how I feel and my stance is my stance but I don't try and press that on anyone else right it must have been, it was sometime last year, I want to say maybe. And I remember, oh, oh, you know when it was? It was when the whole scandal came out with the girls being stuck in the houses where R. Kelly has these girls placed all over the uh-huh. country with, you know, he's got all these little girls stashed in these houses. And when that thing broke, when that whole topic broke on the news and, you know, and there was all this hullabaloo yet again, yet again about R. Kelly, not the first, second, or third time we have seen and heard obvious accounts of him being a straight 
pedophile, straight up and down, right? When that situation occurred, I'm sitting in a barbershop and you, me being me, you know, we're having this conversation. We're talking about this whole R. Kelly thing and, and you know, how people think and what they feel about this topic. And, and, you know, I will say that by and large, by and large, the mood and opinion of the individuals who were present for that conversation was either not to say much about it or to speak to, you know, wow, this is wild. You know what I'm saying? Not, not to justify it, not, not, nothing like that. It was just, wow, this is wild. And it really kind of seemed like they just didn't know what to make of it. You know, some of them at least. There's one character, however, who he will not, he does not speak to me a year, two years, however long it's been. He doesn't even speak to me now because of our conversation, because I dug in his ass because he was that individual who wanted to say, you know what? These young girls are X, Y, Z. They're fast. They're this, they're that. They know what they're doing. They're consenting, blah, blah, blah. And okay. You know, listen, it's America. We got freedom of speech, right? Mm. So right, right though. We have freedom of speech. Everyone is entitled to think and feel what they want to think and feel. And I'm good with that. I'm listen, this, we, we're press, you know, we do media. We need to be okay with people having freedom of speech. The problem, however, is when you open your mouth and you make those asinine statements that justify a pedophile's behavior that speaks to your character. Agree. I agree with that. That tells me who you are as a human being. So what I am appreciative of yet again is that we are living in a time where I've been on this goddamn soapbox for decades now, decades. My daughter has never once in my presence heard an R. Kelly song, true motherfucking story. I don't care if it came on the radio. I don't care what, there's never been a moment where that experience has been had by my female child in my presence. This is not a new issue for me i love that the rest of the world is finally getting here they are finally we're finally getting to the point where you know people can understand and appreciate and maybe it took this docuseries where i mean just hearing people talk about it because that's all i'm saying you know is people talking about it yeah exactly you know in our timelines we see this this flying through and what people's opinions yeah. exactly it, to the point where we have to talk about it i mean you don't have mm -hmm. to we don't have to do anything but we feel compelled yes to speak to it you know what i mean yeah. we are women i've had this experience personally i know what it looks like and feels like to be groomed by a predator I know Say that. that experience. I've lived through that and I've survived that experience. So I don't need for the, the mass, I don't need mob mentality to tell me that the Pied Piper, mm. the Pied Piper of RMB is a pedophile. Who the hell would name themselves that? The Pied Piper. What grown man? No, no. Say what? Let's talk about the what the, the, the tale of the Pied Piper of Hamlin is. The alter ego that Robert Kelly decided he was going to take on at some point, beginning of his career, whenever. The Pied Piper, the the story, the fable, speaks to an individual, a man who goes to a town that's infested with rats. Seems appropriate at that point. 
And the, the, the people in the town, the townsfolk, want the rat infestation gone. Well, this amazing quote, oh, oh, all the way air quotes, this amazing human being in the story, at least, um, goes to the town. He has a flute. He plays a musical instrument. And when he plays his flute, it is so magical, so magical that all the rats are going to follow him. They follow him out of the town. But with the rats come the children, mm. come the children. So the Pied Piper of Hamelin, the, the fable, speaks to this person being able to charm not just rats, but babies, children as well. They were charmed. They were entranced. They were enthralled by this individual with this musical instrument, magical musical flute. There you have it. This is the alter ego we're taking on, Negro? Mm. Sir, this is what we're doing? Man, if you don't get out of here with that bullshit, they it somewhere. Like, that's, once again, back then when I heard that was his alter ego the very first time. AJ, nothing but a number. Aaliyah, all of that. The body language in, in, through that entire process, it seemed inappropriate to me. It looked like what I had already experienced. And I'm merely talking about their public interaction. I don't know what happened between R. Kelly and Aaliyah. And I pray for her sake, rest in peace, young lady. I pray for her sake that she did not experience the hell that I went through having a fucking grown man take my childhood away from me. I pray she didn't have that experience. But I will say without question, I could not listen to that man. Not ever, not once, not never could I listen to him because watching him in those videos with her back then looked familiar. Yeah, and the, the thing was, she was 15 at that time. How about that? I'm the same age. Well, I was the same age at the same time. I was also 15. And I also understood the, um, you know, had a lot of adult male attention mm. at that age. Unfortunately. And he was, what, 26, something like that Sounds, at that time? Don't make me lie to you, but he was too he damn was definitely old. in his 20s, well into his 20s at least at that time. When they're like the behavior, like you said, I kind of picked up on it a little bit at that time. I didn't really know anything about what happened at that time. I was busy, you know, in a, you were enjoying your youth, teenager. You were enjoying you know? your youth as you should have been. You know what I'm yeah. saying? As much as you could. Yeah, I mean, it's it's wild the way the whole thing kind of played out. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want to spend our whole broadcast talking about this, but we definitely needed to speak to it. And you know, let me be clear. Let me be super duper crystal clear because what I won't and can't and don't do is you know exhibit hypocrisy not intentionally ever so so that i am you know putting all my cards on the table as disgusted as i am and was and this was part of the conversation that i had circling back part of the conversation i had with the guy in the barbershop who won't speak to me anymore because my opinion is what it is and his opinion is he's he's cool with pedophiles whether he is one or not he's cool with it you know, that, that whole conversation evolved in the way it did. And he had a difficult time countering my, my points in that because I am so transparent and I am willing to say that when I had my daughter, her father is six years older than I am. I was 18 when I had her and he and I had been together two and a half, three years at that point in a relationship period. 
So I say yet again, this is not, you know, some bitter broad with some crazy opinion who doesn't have a clear understanding as to the types of human beings that can be involved in these exact situations, understand who they are as human beings. And that still doesn't change a goddamn thing. It's still wrong. Speak to it. It's still fucking wrong. If I, my 40 year old something could go back and talk to that 15 year old child. I said this to you. If I could go back and talk to that baby, I would. I absolutely would tell my younger self, sweetheart, baby girl, you are a rose. Mm -hmm. And not as though I was necessarily, I don't have low self-esteem. I've never had low self-esteem. However, I was sexually abused in my youth. I was also sexualized very much so in my youth by people who were the closest people to me. Not even people who were just close, by the closest people to me. So, you know, there's also this argument that, that people who want to justify this R. Kelly situation or, or who want to come to his defense as though there's defense for this. There is not. They want to come to his defense, you know, and, and then blame these children, these young girls mm. under 18 years of age. And it is now their fault that they have been the victim of these older individuals. Well, well, mm. <laughs> exactly. Well. well, let's be clear about exactly what we're saying. First things first, human brains do not completely develop until you're in your 20s. Fact. Mm. Fact. Your frontal lobe is not completely developed yet. Point blank. That's a thing. And as such. I could attest to that. Hmm? Okay, right though. And, and as such, because your brain has not completely developed at this point in your life, at 14, 15, 16, shit, 17 years old, making those decisions, you are not emotionally mature. You may be physically mature because, God damn it, I had a banging body when I was that age. You understand? My body looked like I was 20-something, no question. So physically, was I there? I was absolutely there physically mentally was I mature I was mature beyond my years at that point in my life so did I understand what I was doing yes I absolutely understood what I was doing did I understand the emotional psychological mental thus physical and financial impact long term are you fucking kidding me listen Kids can't figure out what they're going to wear to school the next day, let alone what the hell they're doing today is going to do to impact their life 20 years from now. No, no, I did not have the emotional maturity at 15 that someone at 21 has. Precisely why you can drink at 21 and not at 15. That's exactly it. Right How there. about that? That's exactly it. That's why you're not allowed to. That's why they, the laws were 21 because we're not mentally or emotionally able to make those decisions. And understand the consequences that will follow. We can make the choices, but do we really, really get what's going to happen afterwards? By and large, hell, whole fucking no. No, we don't. Nope. No, we don't. We are not going to figure out the implications of our actions in our youth until we are in our 30s and 40s. Usually, you don't even figure it out in your 20s. Which is exactly why 
That's exactly why I feel like it is wrong. If you're an adult, the adult has the right to, 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 they have, it's their place to make that decision to choose to be like, hey, I don't care if a 15 year old is taking her clothes off in front of you, trying to jump on top of you. If you are an adult and they are not of age, it is your place to put that child in their place. Boom. Let them know. Woo! That right there. You know what? We can go ahead and stop talking about this because you just go ahead and see, hem the whole damn thing up. On that note, you know what we should do? I think I think you know what we should do. Everybody should do it or don't do it. But R. Kelly's not the only example of this. There are plenty of other individuals who have gone right down this path and they can walk their ass right the fuck out with them. Let it go. Stop. Stop. See, that's the bullshit. That's that's the whole bullshit. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, you know, once again, it, this is not new. It's not revelational. Um, but by the same token, you take a stance where you take a stance. And listen, if y'all are on board with the R. Kelly mute, that's cool. I'm glad you finally caught up because that's a negative ghost rider. That's what we don't do. Point blank, period. He is canceled, closed for business, closed the shop, shut it down. No more of that nonsense. You understand what I'm saying? And I'm not accepting anyone making excuses for it either. If you down with saying that it's cool, he did this and a girl knew this, that, and the other, by all means, turn your ass around and walk that way. We got no place, no space for you. Aerosmith, you included in all that nonsense. Hmm. Boom, right? Moving on. So, that was that. Um, how about we get into some the good stuff? Yeah, some of the some of the feel goods. It's New Year's. New Year's 2019. 2019 is, is shaping up to be absolutely epic for us. Um, we've got some amazing things set up for you guys. And uh, definitely stay tuned. You guys don't want to miss any of the tomfoolery. So let's start with the last thing that we did, right? So New Year's Eve, we got the crew together. Everybody flew in from their respective areas, right? Yes. So we came up out of Philly. We headed down to Atlanta. Met up with our gay bay. Oh yeah, Ty Couture. Ah, Ty Couturier. Let me let's Ty Couturier. Couturier. Let's let's Ty Couturier. Yes, let's let's pronounce his name properly because he certainly is deserving um, of an appropriate introduction. Uh, so he's awesome. One of our biggest sponsors. He um, held uh, held the venue down for us. We had a beautiful. beautiful beautiful venue um so we went down uh spent some time um you know got everything all set up got everything in order um we met up with the director of uh national normal women's alliance worked with her um to make sure that we had appropriate sponsorship make sure that we had everything that we needed on the ground our chef flew in Got on the plane. He brought his tail in from Palm Beach. And um, he hit the ground running. Love you, Dre. Good looking out. He absolutely killed it. It's at Cesar 302 on the gram. It's at C-E-A-Z-E. 
R302. Um, so that's that's my, you know, I mean, that's the young boy. That's my brother, my baby bro. And, um, and you know, he's been, he's been rocking with us for a little while. We did our New Year's event last year. We did it in Delaware. We held it in Wilmington, which is where Dre and I are both from. Um, and that was bomb. But uh, this year we had to go ahead and ratchet it up a notch. And uh, it was wild. So High Times invited themselves to our New Year's Eve benefit, which is pretty cool. Really enjoyed that. And uh, so, you know, we had a young lady come in. She came in. And uh, Miss Watson was pretty awesome. She had not had a um, infused meal prior to that particular event, which was interesting. You know, we had some really great conversation, um, you know, and, and by and large, her experience per her has been much more CBD specific as opposed to THC. Um, and I think it's super, super, super important to speak to that because, you know, we found ourselves in a situation where, um, you know, for me, where we've been working on me as a patient for some time and, you know, learning and understanding the difference between how CBD um, and THC, which are both chemical compounds found in the cannabis plant, they both exist in cannabis they are both part of the cannabis plant Mm -hmm. so you know the difference being cbd is the non-psychoactive compound does not give you the um the euphoria the high the buzzy head high that people are familiar with cbd um is more inclined to impact your body your muscles um it's good for me in that it helps with muscle spasms really well so cbd is cool Um, but for me as a patient, CBD in the absence of THC does not have an impact. Does not, it it does not work for me in that manner. Um, it's the binding of the whole plant, the full, exactly. I need the whole plant personally to manage my muscular dystrophy. Um, so, you know, her experience prior to coming to our new year's Eve event being that of, you know, mostly CBD consumption, and, and I get that because there are lots of people who, you know, whether it's, you know, based on their personal illness, their health, how they're managing it, whether they're using CBD for that uh, purpose, or if it's someone who is more of a type A personality and, I, and, you know, no shade, no tea. I'm speaking about myself, literally, when I'm saying this, someone who's like myself, who is more of a type A personality, who does not like the feeling of being mentally altered. Right. You understand what I'm saying? And it doesn't matter where that alteration comes from. I don't drink like that for that exact reason. I've never smoked cigarettes. I didn't consume cannabis before, you know, my doctors persuaded me to. It just not, and yet again, no shade, no tea. Anybody who does this, that's your vice. That's your business. It just wasn't my thing. You know, I don't like, I'm a control freak in, in, you know, in my own life and in my own person. So in my need to control myself and what I'm doing, I need to always be acutely aware of my surroundings. And if my mind is altered, I'm incapable of doing that. So because that's who I am, I can absolutely appreciate that had my, had my doctors not um, proposed that I consider cannabis in trying to get me away from all of the opioids that they were dumping into me at that point, just trying to keep me above ground. Had they not encouraged me to ever try cannabis as a whole plant, I may well have at some point gotten into this process on the CBD end just because I don't like the altered feeling. And I would think to myself, okay, boom, this will still give me the medical benefits 
but it won't jack my head all up. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I could see that from that standpoint. Right? Absolutely. I could still function. So someone who's a writer by trade, I could appreciate how they might have, and I don't know if this is actually her wherewithal. This is just me, Monday morning quarterbacking. I, I can imagine that that might be part of what predicates consuming CBD versus, versus consuming THC. Yep. Exactly. Right. So, you know, this young lady walks in and that's that's been her experience to date was, you know, some treats in, in college flight treats, flight treats. It was some flight treats, uh, which is, you know, like your your brownies and your Rice Krispies treats and, you know, all of the typical basic um, cannabis common. edible. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're nice. See, <laughs> common. You say common. I say basic. Same thing. But it's, you know, it's what people are f- most familiar with yeah. and what people probably have most easily what people are most easily able to access as well you know what i mean someone's more inclined to figure out how to make a rice krispie street than they are inclined to figure out how to uh decarboxylate your cannabis flower and then infuse it into the appropriate oil without losing you know what i mean all the benefits so I, i can see how people might be inclined to do one versus the other and that had been her experience was with little edibles and you know treats things like that she'd never had a whole meal multiple courses that were infused yes yes and in infused multiple yeah multiple multiple ways infused in multiple ways exactly yes 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 because of course our chef you know listen twice baked is no joke we are no joke <laughs> right so when i tell you my she man's came through, yeah oh listen three four times when when i say my man's At came least. through and he put it down i mean he literally put an infusion into every single thing that went into us so it was definitely um uh, different, you know what I mean? It was, you know, it was, it was trying something completely new and different for her. So, you know, we, we kind of talked the whole process through and, and at some point, you know, she was very vocal about how surprised she was that it worked. Right. Right. Like that yeah. was, that was a whole thing. That Most was a highlight. <laughs> <laughs> that was a highlight reel, you know, it was how shocked and surprised she was that it had the impact that it had because you know this young lady did not make it through the third course she didn't make it to the third course she only made it through the first two courses so first course was a spicy crab bisque mm-hmm. it was amazing oh my gosh it tasted so good um had you know these huge lump crabs right in the middle of it it was delicious oh my gosh it was so good so you know we got through the 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 first course which was our soup course um you know and it was cool because we're having great conversation you know we're all just kind of sitting around chopping it up um and you know me being me I wanted to see you know kind of where everybody was at kind of early in the process so maybe 30 minutes in I asked the the infamous question how's everybody feeling Mm. (laughs) right how's everybody feeling now mind you for everybody out there listening and for everyone who was there it was a setup I was definitely setting you up. It was a whole setup because, you know, at that point, it takes an edible anywhere from 30, 45 minutes to an hour before it gets into your blood system, into your bloodstream. It's got to, you know, you're eating it. It's, it's not going through your lungs. It's going through your stomach. So you've got to eat it. You've got to digest it. And it's got to work its way into your blood system, which takes some time. Um, so, you know, we're just talking and getting through our first course. And then, of course, you know, Dre was killing it in the kitchen. He's right in front of us. He did a, um, a fresh 
pasta, handmade, hand made pasta, made pasta handmade in pasta. front of us, table yeah. side. It was yeah. beautiful to mm-hmm. watch. So he makes the pasta in front of us and he's cooking it. He serves it. And, um, you know, and then once again, at this point, you know, we're well into our conversation. I've already done the check in, see how everybody's feeling. And this is followed by the pasta course. And, you know, we're just talking. So at some point we look up and I gave the, the, the disclaimer early on, right? I was like, hey, because I think the question was asked by someone in the room. How will I know when it kicks in, when the edible hit me? Yeah. Right. That question was asked. And my response is, it doesn't matter who you are and it doesn't matter whether there's music playing or no music on at all. You'll know the edible got you when you start sitting in your chair and grooving. All alone. Mm -hmm. And when it really, really gets you, and when it really, really, really gets you, music on or no music on, you're not only going to be sitting in your your seat swaying and and dancing, you're going to bust out singing. There's going to be a tune in your head that you're just going to sing out loud. You won't care who's around. It's happening. Right? So we look up at, you know, at at the end of the pasta course and Little Miss High Times. Who was she doing? She was swaying. Groovy. <laughs> she was groovy. There was music playing, of course. You know, the ambiance was absolutely was appropriate. Groovy. Yes, it was groovy. You know, so um, at that point, it's just like, okay, now we, we need to go ahead and take a, you know, take a step back, take a look at where everybody's at. How is everyone feeling? Assess the situation. Um, and we still had three more courses to get through. So the pasta was a quinoa and cannabis infused pasta. Um, eggnog. Hold on, how did I leave that? I should have said that first. It was an eggnog pasta infused with cannabis and quinoa in the pasta. It was beautiful. Right though, the look on your face is awesome. It was it was beautiful and it was amazing to taste. And then of course the sauce was uh, an eggnog sauce infused as well. Um. It, the whole thing was bananas, you know, and the great thing about the food was that it, and this is, we got this on tape, it did not taste like it. there was anything infused. No, not at all. In mm. it. You would have never, delicious. never ever would you have known, had someone not made you aware before you sat down to this meal, never that one thing in it had a drop of cannabis in it. It was so tasty, so well prepared. Um, so, you know, it, of course, at that point, you know, the evening went where it went. We got through our, our next courses. We had a, um, uh, a pan-seared salmon and winter roasted vegetables with a butter sauce as our fish course. Oh, yeah. Right? Followed by, um, oh, I'm probably going to murder what this actually was. I believe it was pine. a... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a pinein, right? It was pinein a... chicken. Yeah, a pine... Uh, roasted chicken that had been confit and sous vide. <laughs> I love saying this because I got to watch it happen. Confit and sous vide. So when I tell you that, chi- oh my gosh, that chicken dish. Oh wait, plus it had kale, kale. and walnuts. And, so and pine nuts. chicken. No, no, the pine nuts were on the pasta. Oh right, right. You're so right, it was walnuts. right. Yes. Yeah. So it was. It was um, kale, walnuts. Kale, walnut, confit, pine chicken. Right. Um, so that was the fourth course. And then the final course, the dessert course, was a, um, a parfait panna cotta with a brownie crumble on the bottom and on the top. Um, once yet again, completely infused. I think the dessert was the one thing you could probably, you knew there was cannabis in it, right? But it wasn't 
it was it was it was enjoyable. It was amazingly mm-hmm. enjoyable. It definitely had the scent of cannabis to it. Um, and when you put the panna cotta in your mouth, it was oh so smooth and so creamy. Um, it was it had an amazing mouthfeel to it. Yeah, it was but, light and airy. Right yeah. though, you know what I mean? Like just a perfect consistency, but you could not even but because it's not even a bad thing and you could actually taste the cannabis so to me it was the perfect ending you know it reminded you yep we just had a weed meal <laughs> and, you know, and yep everyone was trashed at the end of the night i'm talking blitzed twice baked off their behinds it was an amazing event you know so an awesome evening um we did some great muscular dystrophy awareness because that is what our black tie benefit supports absolutely um, right that's that's our personal both of us that is our personal um charity uh that you know we are consistently working on and working towards because it impacts our lives personally the yes. most yeah um you know and the thing about it was leading up to this particular event you know we've been talking a lot um, because, of course, you know, the obvious is that I have muscular dystrophy. We don't talk nearly as much. And we had a great opportunity to really kind of talk about this at the event. You know, how you are tied to muscular dystrophy as your personal charity. Yes, absolutely. I have a sister that had muscular dystrophy actually passed away from that exact uh, condition. And we just were coming up on her six year, the six year anniversary six year of her passing. Six year anniversary has just passed. Yeah. So, of her passing. You yes. know, it's, it's been pretty significant. It's been pretty poignant um, and a really tough time. Yeah. I'm sorry, babe. Um, you know, it's been it's been really rough. But I, I, what I think is is pretty spectacular is that, you know, this gives us a platform to um, pay homage to Amy. Absolutely. All right. This gives us the ability to um, speak to and, you know, try and help um, bring awareness and bringing awareness is the only thing that's going to bring the research dollars. That's the only way it's going to happen. You know, muscular dystrophy patients, unfortunately, we don't have the same uh, groups that will champion our cause like we don't have a susan g Komen pink breast cancer you know what i mean like we don't right. we don't have those main right, stages right absolutely you know, that that's needs to be had and uh, i mean not not just that but i currently presently have a nephew that has muscular dystrophy as well that is my sister that passed that is her son all right so you know we have all the reason in the world to talk about this this is why we have our black tie event once a year this is exactly what we are doing um and it was great because we we had an opportunity to sit down um with a a spectacular journalist you know and really talk through what our personal life experiences have been what our collective experience has been as a couple you know kind of how we started and how we got to where we're at now um, so it was great. It was it was it was wonderful to you know have additional ears and eyes on our process, um, and I'm just super appreciative. Yes, yes, that was nice. Yeah, I'm super duper appreciative of everyone, all the sponsors, everyone who came out, everyone who got involved, everyone who put their hands, their hearts, and their heads into this process to help us have a successful New Year's Eve Black Tie event. Um, video is definitely coming up following this uh, this podcast, so. <laughs> look out for that because all the things we talked about you'll get to see in living color absolutely right um but yeah i think that was that was pretty much it it was a great night everybody got home safe and sound in one piece yes thankfully yes thank god we are all <laughs> you safe. know all everybody's safe everybody's sound um, it's a nice calm peaceful 
evening, yeah. night, midnight, after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a great event. Um, you know, we, we definitely enjoyed ourselves. Um, and I, I think, you know, as as we heard Miss Watson say after afterwards, that was one of those situations that had to happen. It had to occur. You know, people need to hear this information. And I think a lot of times they don't even understand or realize how important it is to just understand that there are regular people, regular old people. You know, it's two people from Wilmington, Delaware, small town USA, me and Dre, Ty's from Jersey, you're from Philly. We're just some regular people, you know, and the fact that you guys all rally around me, that we are a team, we are a collective, that, you know, it's, it's as important to you guys to come together and make sure that my health and my wellness is, you know, as good as it can possibly be. Absolutely. Right. And and as well to put yourselves out there to make sure that anyone else who is impacted or who may be impacted in the future, you know, can have the same ability to live their best life. So thank you. That right there. Exactly. Thank you, my love. You are the true MVP. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, you guys. I think that's it. You got something else, baby, or can we get out of here? No, I think that's it. That, that about wraps it up for today. All right, you guys. Listen, I'm your girl, LZOG. I got my lady with me, Nella D. And y'all, we are Twice Baked. Yep. Out of here. Do that. Come on, let's talk to Sharon.